in our third week of our series, Desperate. And uh, I, I was, I'm, I'm trying to tie in a Mother's Day theme, so bear with me. Uh, it, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, well, there's next week. And so uh, Exodus chapter 2, Exodus chapter 2, verse 1. If you don't have your Bibles, it'll be on the screen behind me. It says this, about this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. That was with a P. She put the baby in the basket. No, no, no. I paused for effect and there was no effect. Um, Verse 4, the baby's sister then stood at a distance watching to see what would happen to him. Verse 5, soon Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river and her attendants walked along the riverbank. When the princess saw the basket among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it for her. When the princess opened it, she saw the baby. The little boy was crying and she felt sorry for him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Last verse, verse 7. Then the baby's sister approached the princess and said, Should I go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? This morning, within the next hopefully 20 minutes, I want to talk to you briefly from the subject, One Desperate Mama. One Desperate Mama. Let's pray one more time. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for the celebration of of those people who brought us into this world, God. So I pray, Father, that as we honor them, it would just be an extension of us really honoring you because uh, moms are a representation of you. Um, And so we just thank you for that, God. I pray that, uh, Lord, that that the word that you've given me, that it would uh, come forth in clarity and boldness, God. We want to leave here changed. We want to leave here different but not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. God, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone say amen. Amen, amen. Hey, I got a question for you this morning. Have you ever been so desperate that you did something that you normally would never do, and then you look back and you're like, what did I do? No, that was just me. Okay, so... Um, so I have been, I have done that before, um, when I was 17, I've done this many times, but I want to talk to you about a time that I did it when I was 17. I was so desperate to go to this event. The only problem was that I had this thing called work that day. And so I had a decision to make, am I going to work or am I going to this event that I desperately wanted to attend? And so I was like, I'm going to the event. And so I called up my work. I worked at Coco's Restaurant and Bakery. Uh, We need to bring back Coco's. That is not neither here nor there. Thank you, Joe. Um, And I called up my manager. Her name was Karen, no joke. And uh, and I I called her, and I'm like, "Uh, hey, I can't come to work today. She said, Why? I wasn't expecting her to ask me why. (laughs) So I'm like, I broke my foot. (laughs) True story, true story. She's like, oh, you broke your foot. 
I said, I said, yes. She said, this lady, man, like, she said, uh, God honest truth, she said, how did you break your leg? Oh, crap. <laughs> um, I was surfing. <laughs> yeah, I've been like once in my whole life, and I hated it. Love you, Dad, if you're in here still. Um, and, uh, and, and so I'm, uh, she's like, so you broke your foot surfing. I said, yes, I did. I was desperate to go to this event. She said, well, okay, but if you can just come into work briefly, real quick, I, I, need to, I just want to talk to you. I need to give you something. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> now I'm in a dilemma, everybody. Because I just told her, I think I just broke my foot. And so God's honest truth, Walgreens was around the corner from my parents. I went up to the person at the pharmacy. I said, do you rent crutches? She's like, yes, we do. I need a pair. I rented crutches. I taped up my foot. And I go into Coco's restaurant to meet Karen with my foot up on crutches. And uh, I feel bad about that. It is what it is. It was during the stage of my life when I was building my testimony. Um, <laughs> and so I was telling my wife this, and she's like, you did what? You rented crutches? I was like, yeah. I was so desperate to go to this, this event and looking back at it, in the moment, I was like, this is the right decision. This is what I need to do. But looking back at it, I'm like, man, that was so bizarre. <laughs> like, it cost you more money <laughs> to call in sick. And, uh, and so I was just thinking about this idea of, like, how when you're desperate, you just do things that you just wish that you didn't do. And... Uh, the reason why I'm thinking this and, and talking to you about this is because I really think this is what's taking place in Exodus chapter 2 with a story of the mom that we just read. Now, the mom's name is Jochebed, and Jochebed, she was a bit desperate. Jochebed, her son, in case you didn't, in case you didn't connect the dots, her son is Moses. Now, if you've never seen, if you don't know anything about Moses, you can watch Prince of Egypt today with your mom, cuddle up, and, and everything you need to know. It's a biography of the life of Moses. Basically, uh, Moses, he was the one that freed God's children from Egypt. And, and so Jochebed is Moses' mom. And what we read in Exodus chapter 2 is the story of Moses. Now, in order to get to the place where she's placing Moses in the basket, we got to get a little backstory of what's taking place. And so Moses, he was born in a, in a very uh, peculiar time because up until this point, uh, Israel and Egypt, they lived in, in, in harmony. They were friends with one another. However, uh, a transition of power came in Egypt and a new king, a new pharaoh had taken over. And this new power, this new king, he realized that the, the, the Israelites, the Hebrew children, that they were like multiplying. They were having babies left and right. And their population started to grow 
larger. And this new king, this new pharaoh, he was like, man, we, we got to do something about these people. And so he's like, let's enslave them. So, so all of a sudden, they, they, they went from living together in harmony to now becoming the slaves to the Egyptians. And yet, despite that, they were still multiplying. <laughs> they still kept having babies. And, and, uh, and, and so, so the, the king is like, this is not working. And, and so he came up with this like crazy, crazy idea, okay? And I didn't write this, so don't get mad at me. He's like, let's take all the baby boys that are born and let's toss him in the Nile River. Basically, he, he was trying, to, he was trying to, to eliminate, right, like the, the, the ability for them to continue to grow. How many of y'all know that's a little dark? And so, and so this is what leads us to Exodus chapter 2. Jochebed, she gets word of this crazy decree that, that, that she is supposed to just toss her little baby in the Nile. And she's like, oh, heck no. There's something inside of her that, that begins to stir up. And she all of a sudden, man, she becomes desperate to save her baby. All of a sudden, she becomes desperate to, to make sure that her son lives, all of a sudden she becomes a desperate mama. And she begins to, con uh, to, she begins to, to put together a plan that in normal circumstances we would never get to, I hope. Like I hope you would never in normal circumstances think like I should put my baby in a basket at Howard's Park and let him float, right? Like... Like she was like, she was desperate and she acted in a way that was desperate. And so what I want us to do in our last remaining moments together, and then after this, this here's what's cool. We're going to actually, if you want to, you don't have to, it's America, but we're going to have all the ladies come up and all the pastors are just going to pray for you guys. But, but what we want to, what I want to do before we get to that is, is, is to, to I want to give you three actions of a desperate Mama, three actions of this desperate mama that we that goes by the name of Jacobed. And I hope that it can relate to everyone in here, whether or not you're a mom or a dad or a kid. But I, I hope that, that these, these ideas are something that you can uh, that you can get and you can um, and, and, and can challenge you. So three actions of a desperate mama. Really quick. The first one is this. She had a willingness to see treasure in moments of trial. She had a willingness to see treasure in moments of trial. So verse 2 said that she saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden. So scripture says that, that at, when, when Moses was just a baby, he was just a baby. She, no, she noticed, verse 2 says that she noticed that he was special. To which my response is like, was he? How did you know he was special? He was just a little baby. How do you know? In fact, that word special implies the fact that she saw something over his life. 
She saw some type of calling, some type of purpose over this baby's life. And, and, and there was something special that she saw. She, she, listen, she saw treasure in the midst of this crazy trial, in this midst of this crazy tribulation. Like, she saw, she, let me put it this way, she saw the fruit when it was still in seed form. Like, am I at the place where I am so desperate for, to see my kids uh, at church, to see my, my marriage restored? Am I so desperate that I am willing to see the specialness in moment of seed form? Am I willing to see something not as I see it now, but what it has the potential to be? And so the text says that she saw that he was special, but then watch this. And because she saw that he was special, she hid him. She kept him safe. Which tells me how I see something determines how I treat something. So how I see my kids will determine how I treat my kids. How I see my spouse will determine how I treat my spouse. How I see my job will determine how I treat my job. Are you guys with me? She had to be able to see something in order to treat it in the right way. And so she saw this little baby. She saw that it was special, that he was special. And it caused her to hide him, to protect him, to, to, to protect him. Because she saw something in its uncompleted form. Can I say this this morning that I am so grateful that I had a mom who despite my stupidity, she saw something inside of me. She never gave up on me when I was doing stupid things. She's like, that's not who you are. When I was doing things that, that I shouldn't have been doing, she's like, God has a calling over your life. When I was messing around, she said, that's not you. God loves you. She saw something in me in the moment that was not yet present. And I think it was because of that. That's why I'm here right now. Because she understood how to steward something in a manner, even if I don't see it how to speak to it, how to see it, to treat it so that when it develops, it becomes something. Amen, somebody? So number one, uh, three actions of a desperate mama, willingness to see treasure in moments of trial. Verse three goes on to say, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. Number two, she had a willingness to create an environment of efficiency. She had a willingness to create an environment of efficiency. So she was, she was just out of the box thinking. Like she was like Martha Stewart before Martha Stewart was a thing, y'all. She's like, I got to do something to save my baby. So she thought about getting a basket. Then she realized this basket's not waterproof, so she gets some tar and pits. I don't even know what that is. And she just, she, she makes it waterproof. 
and she places baby Moses in this basket. Now, I want us to pause because I want us to see the significance of this basket. See, this basket was necessary to take Moses from point A to point B. This, this basket was necessary to take Moses from where he was at to where God wanted him to be. See, this basket was his environment for a season. And what I want us to notice about the basket is that the basket, it wasn't elaborate, but it was efficient. It wasn't elaborate, like it wasn't a boat. That would have been nice. Put baby Moses in a boat, mom. A basket? It wasn't elaborate, but it was efficient. Which is great news for you and for me. Because that tells me that I don't have to have it all together. I don't have to know every answer. I just have to be faithful with what I have. I got to be efficient with the environment that I'm putting my kid in. That I'm, the environment that I'm placing my marriage in, the environment that I'm placing myself in, it might not be elaborate. I just need it to be efficient, though. I just need to be able to take from point A to point B, from where God has me now to where God has called me to be. I got to be efficient. Gosh, I wish I can get my kids everything. Like, as a parent, like, you wish you can give your kids everything. I want to get my kids, like, whatever they want, I want to be like, yes. My son had a breakdown at Target yesterday because we said no to a dinosaur. <laughs> Praise God it was with his mom. It wasn't with me. I would have Sonoma County spanked him. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I wish I could buy my kids everything, but I can't. But what I can do is I could be efficient with the environment that I bring them up in. I can create an environment for them where they know how to love people. I can create an environment where they learn how, how to have faith in God. I can create an environment of honor. and like It doesn't have to be elaborate. It just has to be efficient. And so this desperate mama, Jacobet, she created this environment. It wasn't elaborate, but it was efficient. And then number three, the last one, we can have the keys come up too. I told you it was going to be quick. I think it was quick. I don't know. I'm, that's what happens when I have fun. I just. So three actions of a desperate mama. Number one, a willingness to see treasure in moments of trial. Number two, willingness to create an environment of efficiency. And number three, verse three, it says that she put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. So number three is this. She had a willingness to trust God to have the final say. She had to have a willingness to trust God as the final say. Here's the thing about being desperate. 
when I'm desperate for something, that just auto, automatically makes me not want to let go of something. When I'm desperate, I'm like, I'm not letting go. It's mine. Ah, it's mine. And so at some point, Jochebed, she had to take this basket with her baby. And she had to place it in the river. And she had to release it, him, in the water. She had to learn to trust God in the final say. God, this makes no sense to me, but I trust you. I got to release. See, there comes a place in our life where we can only do, do so much. And then eventually we got to release and just say, God, I, it's you now. See, there's some in here, like you've experienced that with your kids. God, they're crazy. They're knuckleheads. And you've done everything for them. Like you're praying for them. You're loving them. You're honoring them. You're respecting them. And they're still just like, Ugh. Come on, at some point, you're going to have to say, hey, God, I've done what I can. I'm releasing it to you. I'm trusting you to figure this out. Like I'm trusting God. Are you desperate enough to not just hold on, but desperate enough to trust that God has the final say over your kids, over your purpose? over your marriage, over your relationships. God, do you trust God enough?